解决台湾问题，实现祖国完全统一，是中国共产党矢志不渝的历史任务。We just heard Xi Jinping at the celebrations of the centenary of China's ruling party, saying that resolving the Taiwan issue and realizing the country's reunification. Is an unshakable commitment of the Communist Party of China. The West increasingly sees China as a threat, as Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said regarding NATO's policies for the decade. It will address China for the first time, and the challenges that Beijing poses to our security. Interests and values. The U.S. sees China as its top competitor. How this complicated relationship will evolve, how Europe sees China, and to what extent what happens in Indo-Pacific affects our part of the world. To discuss these issues, we have with us at the Cosmos Podcast, Dr. Ben Schreer, Executive Director of the International Institute for Strategic Studies in Europe. Thank you for being here with us today.、Um, I would like to ask well, with a very basic question. It seems that、uh, U.S.-China relations are at a very low point. Why is that? Well. I think they are at a very low point because it has become quite obvious、um, to the United States, but also a lot of other countries in the Indo-Pacific, but increasingly also in in Europe,、um, that China is really trying to change the international order、uh, in ways that are not,、um, you know, in line with U.S.、Uh, and other interests.、Um, whether that has been China's behavior in Hong Kong. Whether that has been China's、uh, behavior vis-à-vis、um, Taiwan, whether that has been China's behavior in other parts、um, of the world,、um, plus some highly problematic、um, trade、uh, practices,、uh, high levels of espionage. So what we really are now seeing is、um, an increasing、uh, U.S.-China strategic uh, competition, uh, and this is why、um, the relationship has gone from a rather, you know. Benign、um, understanding about differences、uh, in the past to a more、um, conflictual relationship.、Um, the war in Ukraine has overshadowed everything else in the past, and we haven't paid so much attention. But it seems there was some tension tension in the South China Sea.、Uh, do you see things escalating, or it's、uh, it was just a tick?、Um, I mean, in the Indo-Pacific, you have Um, high level of, relatively high level of tensions, particularly、uh, when it comes to the Taiwan Straits.、Uh, I don't think that we are yet at a point where you know an escalation to a military conflict is likely,、um, even though we can never exclude it because of accidents and other forms of、um, miscalculations、um, on 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 either side.、Um, 
But certainly from an American point of view, but also from the point of view of countries such as Japan and Australia, um, but also from the India, um, the Ukraine conflict has not taken away, you know, the central challenge posed by China to the regional and, in fact, uh, the international order. Uh, we have some protests now in uh, China nowadays uh, that uh, started because of COVID restrictions, but they have other underlying uh, tensions. They hide other underlying tensions for sure. Is that uh, a threat to the regime right now? Is there, or in, later on in the future, can we see a change? Or I don't. I don't see yet the potential for you know a major um, escalation or, or even sort of a, a Chinese revolution. Uh, if you will, I think um, the security services are, you know, uh, very much uh, empowered to deal um, with these sorts of conflicts, um, even though I think what must concern Xi Jinping is, um, you know, the widespread um, disagreement with some of its is a very controversial COVID, zero COVID um, policies, um, which if they continue um, for, for a very long time, uh, could really lead to some um, destabilizing, um, you know, de- de- destabilization uh, with, with, within China. Um, but at this point of time, I wouldn't necessarily see it as a direct threat uh, to the regime, uh, you know, in the sense that we might see a, a you know, protests and spilling over into um, fall, so to speak, of, 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 of the Chinese Communist Party. I think that is way too early um, to, 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 to say. We, we talked about um, the China being number one uh, um, ex- security, let's put it like, not security, but anyway, external relations uh, threat to the U.S. Uh, with uh, the U.S. being very involved in Ukraine, uh, and NATO taking uh, stepping up on its role, um, we kind of see uh, U.S. trying to get NATO members on its side uh, vis-à-vis China. Where does that leave uh, Europe? I mean, the United States has been trying for quite some time uh, to get uh, Europe's European attention to focus more on sort of the negative aspects, sort of problematic uh, aspects of China's rise. Um, this has happened way before, uh, you know, Ukraine war um, started. Um, now, I think there is even greater um, interest uh, in the United States, but also countries such as Japan to say to Europe, look, what happens in, in Ukraine today could actually be um, uh, the future in the Indo-Pacific. Uh, and therefore, we need to have a joint um, approach to how to dealing with, as I said, the more negative aspects of, 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 of China's rise. Um, NATO for quite some time uh, has gone through a process where it started to look more seriously at China. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you not just have the United States, but also other uh, European countries, uh, European allies such as the United Kingdom uh, and others saying, look, we also have to take um, the China challenge, so to speak, um, more, more, more seriously. So I think where this leaves Europe is that um, it has to not just focus on the Russia challenge, even though that is the most immediate and the one that is in front of its doorsteps, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But it also has to look at China at the same time. Um, Because if you think in sort of pictures, you can think of Russia as sort of a hurricane in international affairs, but you should think of China as sort of the climate change in terms of the scale 
and, and, and the magnitude of China's ability to change the international order if um, Western countries and other like-minded allies do not, you know, put some limits on, on what China can do. Uh, the the crisis that we've been through the last couple of years, the financial crisis, COVID crisis, now the war in Ukraine, in any case has led to uh, a new way of seeing things to try to be more self-sufficient. So I think uh, Europe in any case has tried to rely less on China. But at the same time, it's different country, different countries and we cannot see a unified aspect of the EU when it comes to uh, security. So my question is, if they decide to see China um, as, let's say, an adversary, uh, and at the same time we don't have the military capability, doesn't that leave the EU in a vacuum kind of uh, situation between the US and China? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's important to, 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 to get the terminology right. So the, the, the EU and, and the Europe uh, and even the United States is not yet talking about China as an adversary mm -hmm. or an enemy. It talks about China as a strategic competitor, mm -hmm. uh, which is important also change in, in, in language. Um, because previously, you know, China was primarily perceived as a partner. But since, you know, two, three years, it's increasingly seen as a strategic competitor and maybe primarily as a strategic uh, competitor, and not just in the military domain, but across all the other important domains, such as technology, um, supply chains, um, uh, ideology, you know, what kind of what kind of world do we live, want to live in um, economically. Um, so across all of those uh, uh, domains, China is seen as a strategic um, competitor. That doesn't mean that we don't you know, continue to trade with China where it serves our interests. It also doesn't mean that we don't work with China together on certain challenges uh, that we might face uh, uh, together. But what it also means is that there are certain areas um, where um, we do not see eye to eye and where we work very closely either in a European context or with the United States or other like-minded countries such as Japan, Australia, South Korea, India, in certain areas where we push back. Uh, against against China, militarily speaking, um, I mean the, uh, the Europeans are probably never going to play a major role, for instance, in Indo-Pacific conflict. Mm -hmm. um, that said, however, they can support U.S. and Indo-Pacific allied operations um, in in other ways, um, for instance, through um, you know providing certain functions within NATO that would then allow the United States to use its military forces that are currently deployed to Europe in the Indo-Pacific. Um, which brings me to my last question. We, um, we don't see look at all, uh, a lot at the Indo-Pacific from this side of the world. Uh, you're an expert on the area. Could you tell us what are the major issues in the area related to China, but not only? Mm. So the first thing is to say that there are a number of European countries that have some significant interest in the Indo-Pacific. Um, France is one of those, you know, with considerable territories also in the South Pacific. The United Kingdom, uh, who has traditionally played a security role in the Indo-Pacific. Germany and Netherlands now also have Indo-Pacific strategies. And the EU has an Indo-Pacific um, guideline, so to speak, noting that... Um, and recognizing that the Indo-Pacific is now of major interest for, 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 for Europe. 
Um, and that's not just because of territorial um, conflicts, you know, China, uh, Taiwan, China, Japan, the North Korean conflict, including the possibility of a North Korean uh, significant upgrading of its nuclear weapons uh, uh, development. Um, but also, um, if those one of those conflicts come to bear, for instance, a major disruption to the supply chains, major disruption to the global economic climate. So what we're seeing in Ukraine at the moment, which is already significantly uh, uh, significant in terms of its disruptive potential, if you have a conflict, for instance, between the United States, Japan, Taiwan, and China over Taiwan's future, um, the economic consequences, including for Europe, which has invested so significantly also in China, would be on an order of magnitude to what we are experiencing in Ukraine. And that is why, as much as the Europeans would want to, or some Europeans would want to, they have to be concerned and they have to be engaged with what happens in the Indo-Pacific because um, another side effect in all of this is that China is already in Europe. You know, um, and so no one can escape what is happening in the Indo-Pacific um, by just sitting here in Europe and pretending that it is an island, mm -hmm. um, which which it simply isn't. Thank you very much for your time, and I hope to be able to talk to you again. Mm -hmm.